happy Thursday. It is me, your managing editor, Nick Hausman, joined as I am here almost every Thursday. It's our good friend, Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to the Winkley. Good day. Ah, yes. What a good day it is here. It's, it's very, it's still very cold in Chicago. I'm sure it's not much better where you're at over on the East Coast right now. It's all terrible. Snow. Yep, snow. 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 Uh, well, I want to start off the show here today. Um, we did have a passing of the pro wrestling community yesterday. We want to start by sending out our condolences to the friends and family of former TNA knockout uh, Belladonna. So I uh, wanted to get that out of the way at the top. Um, but it is a big fun week for pro wrestling here. The Royal Rumble's on Sunday. We've got TakeOver on Saturday. Uh, if you're going to be in Chicago, come by Duffy's Tavern and Grill. Doors open at 4 o'clock in Chicago, 420 West Diverse. You can hang out with me, some other wrestling fans. To be a great rumble party. How are you spending the rumble, Justin? What are you gonna be doing? I will be here. Uh, I'll probably be at home. Is the plan? I'll be at home, uh, uh, tucked in, watching my Wrestle Rumble predictions to see how well I'm doing to see if I can win a thousand bucks. Um, yeah, it's the Wrestle Rumble. We'll get to. <laughs> we'll talk more about Wrestle Rumble at the end of the show. Um, I also I can't make the announcement because I know the Two Face Podcast guys are gonna do it tomorrow on their show. Um, so subscribe to Wrestling Inc. Audio. I know some of you are watching us live here on YouTube, but go over, subscribe to Wrestling Inc. Audio, get the full show on iTunes. You're going to get their podcast tomorrow, and they've got a big Royal Rumble announcement for themselves, for fans in the Houston area. It's going to be very cool. I definitely want you to uh, to be sure to listen to that show tomorrow for their announcement. But here today on the Winkley, we got a lot going on. Uh, interview with Impact Knockouts champion Taya Valkyrie. Uh, we got a clip here, a bit of audio from uh, Wrestling Inc. Scott Fishman's interview with Ken Shamrock, where he discusses the idea of a potential WWE return. Uh, Our good friend Aki over in India had the chance to interview uh, Drew McIntyre. So we're going to play a clip from that interview as well, where he discusses his relationship with Vince McMahon, uh, WWE's UK scene, the rough road to the top, everything else. Um, We also have the latest views from the Turnbuckle Edition. Me and Jesse Collins are going to be talking about WWE's localized globalized strategy and if nxt can take over the world and last but not least rounding up the show later justin and i are going to preview and predict uh briefly the royal rumble card for this sunday so jam-packed show all that stuff most of that stuff that i just mentioned you're only going to get that if you subscribe to wrestling Inc. audio over on itunes and get the full winkly show but here it is the live news recording portion of it and big day for news the wrestling observer newsletter went out early today Thursday morning here, uh, Chicago time. And uh, the big news story leading off the Observer this week, Justin, Ronda Rousey is is maybe probably leaving WWE at WrestleMania or the pay-per-view after. Apparently, the plan for Ronda is she wants to start a family with her husband. The deal was always expected to be short-term. She signed a one-year deal last WrestleMania. Here we are a year later, this WrestleMania. Uh, it's possible, of course, that Vince could make some kind of crazy offer to her the week of WrestleMania, like he seems to do with Brock Lesnar, maybe keep her around a little bit more. Um, The expectation is that she will face Becky and Charlotte, probably both of them in the main event of WrestleMania. But we could also see maybe a Becky one-on-one match here at the pay-per-view after big, big story. I didn't even believe it when it first got shared on the, uh, the wrestling Inc. Slack this morning. uh, And we got, we got word of this. What's your take on, on this possibility, Justin? Well, I don't think it's. Um, I don't think if, if if WrestleMania is the last time we see her for now, I don't think it marks the end of her WWE relationship. I do expect her to have kind of like a Brock Lesnar type of um, career moving forward. Like a Brock Lesnar, 
you don't want to oversaturate her. You don't want to. You don't want to. Um, even though they've already done it in some regards with some of the things, some of the promos, you don't want to humanize her too much. But I think given her in certain doses, so I think if she, you know, if she puts over Charlotte and or Becky at WrestleMania, you know, disappears for a little bit, you know, she can come back at another point for another, you know, run, however, you know, however long it might be, and then face some new opponents that she didn't get to face um, in this run, notably Natalia, who they probably would have had her face if not for the passage of Jim, An- Jim DeAnvil. So, you know, I, I don't, it's not, I'm not too shocked by this, really. You know, I mean, it makes sense if she wants to start a family. She's in, I mean, she's you know in her 30s, so do that. But I, I think it kind of makes sense to, even if she didn't want to go start a family for if she is going to lose, if she is going to finally see her first loss and, 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 and drop the title, because I do think that she's going to um, beat Sasha Banks Sunday. Um, you know, it kind of makes sense anyways for her to kind of disappear and kind of reset. You know, I, I wouldn't want her to lose. You know, that's to be pretty remarkable that they kept her undefeated for, you know, a year. If she does lose at WrestleMania, it would make sense for her to just to kind of disappear for a little bit rather than just continuing on. I, I That's just how I look at how, you know, looking at her as a little bit of a novelty. Uh, I think family or no family, it kind of makes sense to uh, pull her away a little bit. Yeah, I, and I'm very much of the attitude that Vince could probably do what is described here, a la Brock Lesnar, make her some crazy deal, keep her around. I mean, it's different, right? Like, Brock doesn't need to take nine months off if he gets his wife pregnant, right? You know, there are certain factors here in play if she wants to go off and start a family that would keep her away for longer periods at a time. Um, but, I, you know, I I, I kind of... I, I have two minds of it first. Like, we're going to get to... The, I guess we get to the story here first. Uh, Raw saw its largest first or third hour drop in like the history of the show um, this past Monday night. And it was main invented by Ronda Rousey and Natalia in a tag match versus Sasha and Bailey. Um, I, I don't know. I, I know Ronda's stuff does really well on YouTube and, and things, but Becky is in my opinion, the far more interesting wrestling female character right now. I, I see the value in Ronda Rousey, but it's not on like the same level as a, like a Brock Lesnar at least right now to me, it, it just doesn't, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to poo poo Rhonda's ability to, to make money for people. Cause I know she can, but it's just, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't see as much attraction there. Maybe they did oversaturate her by doing too much with her a year, you know? Well, I don't think she has the same um, drawing power as Brock Lesnar. Um, I do think Brock Lesnar has more drawing power. You know, I think she, I think, I think really, again, it goes back to, <clears throat> once WrestleMania has come and gone, and, and if, if all of our assumptions are correct and what we're going to get, and if she does main event, if it is the last match even of WrestleMania possibly, um, then WWE got out of her what they wanted. They got <clears throat> the association with her. She helped empower the, the women's the division, which is obviously a top priority. Yeah. Um, you know, got her for however many pay-per-views and Raw appearances she's done, and, and, and I'm certainly, I'm sure it helped the gate and, and whatever. So, I mean, they got out of her what, you know, so – Again, it, 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 again, whether she wanted to have a family or not, I think the decision should be if she loses or drops the title at WrestleMania. Again, just let her let her disappear. She can go do the family thing, and then maybe she comes back after Mania of next year, you know, and, and she comes back and does a little run. I mean, you know, it, 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 that, that would just make the most sense with her. I, I wouldn't see a need to – after she drops the title, then to – like, what does she do then? After she drops the title, I mean, okay, what? Maybe one rematch, and we're trying to get away from the antiquated, you know, automatic rematch clause thing. Maybe one rematch, try to get vengeance. If she loses there, then what? I mean, is she gonna is she gonna is she gonna be involved in hotel scandal storylines like Naomi and Mandy Rose? You know what I mean? It's like so if she's not if she's not fighting for the title, she's not holding the title, she might as well be away. 
I, I, I'm all for, I, some people really hate whatever you want to call part-timers and things like that. I think if used appropriately, and especially with somebody like Rhonda, who has mm-hmm. crossed over, I mean, UFC movies doesn't need to be there every week. I think it does make it more special for her to come in occasionally. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I agree. Maybe these two parties have gotten enough out of each other for now. Walk away, maybe make Rhonda an attraction. Now that's one way, like I said, I have two minds of this. That's, that's one way of looking at it. The other one is, you know, I, I can't help but read this, right? And the Wrestling Observer newsletter this is like a, a thing that, that big hardcore wrestling fans look forward to each week right and you would think the biggest most hardcore fans would be subscribers to the observer newsletter which you should be if you're listening to the show so i'm sitting there and i'm like hmm you know who's a big hardcore wrestling fan tony khan and i'm sure that he opened up his email box today got the link oh the observer's ready and he's reading it and all of a sudden i don't know maybe he he knew this maybe he didn't but you find out ronda rousey could be a free agent at wrestlemania now, hypothetically, because we're playing like fun games here. I mean, a one-off, a one-shot, something to legitimize the Bucks and Cody's promotion. I know she's been friendly with those those guys in the past, you know? Yeah, no, it was something that did cross my mind of, okay, you know, on the, on the opportunity events, maybe offering a crazy deal to extend her. And the only reason I could think was if he was in that mode that he might be with other people, which is, okay, we don't want them to be going elsewhere, namely right. Now, now I'm not naive enough to think that uh, Ronda Rousey is going to turn down, you know, that there's no amount of money that could buy her to have her come over and do something with AEW, because that always is possible. Everything is possible. Everything has a price, as they say. But at the same point in time, um, it's kind of like that thought of like, you know, could could they ever get, could AEW ever get John Cena or The Rock or whatever? It's kind of like, you know, Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey. Well, it's all a matter of relationships. You know, John Cena has such a relationship with Vince and the company, as does The Rock. Now, I know you could say, well, what about Chris Jericho? But Chris Jericho had already proven that he's kind of a go as. I don't want to cut you off, but Goldberg is somebody that's definitely been <sighs> talked. Yeah, but, yeah, but, Gold, but Goldberg. Right, but Goldberg was never part of like the WWE family, right? You know, I mean, he, right. he's not like, you know, so I, I look at Ronda Rousey and I just think, you know, she's had such a, a, a personal relationship, I know, with Triple H and Stephanie over the years. And, um, yeah, so I don't know. It, it, it would be. It'd be she went to like indie shows, right? She went to PWG, <sighs> like you know. Yeah, yeah, right. Before, b- yeah. B- before she, before she, right? Debuted, yeah, I mean, she appeared. Um, she was hanging out backstage at a show over in Cleveland, not not too far from you know. So, but that was all before she got to before she made her WWE before wrestling debut. Before there was an AEW, when it was a glimmer in the eye of Ric Flair one night, right? Right, you know? right. But she wasn't performing. She wasn't. She wasn't competing against WWE. She, she was a lot of times she was there supporting Shayna Baszler or, or you know, mm, true uh, people people she knew. So I, you know, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm not naive enough to think that she could not be bought. But at the same point in time, I don't know if she would. If she knows that she always has a home at WWE. Um, and even if she go, even if she disappears to go ha- start a family, and they continue to merchandise her and sell her shirts and stuff like that, and she's getting royalty cut. You know, I don't know if she's going to want to sever that tie with WWE um, by going to take some big money offer for AEW. I mean, it's not like she needs the money. I know you can always no. have more money, but I don't know if she would sever that business tie. My point. I'm just saying, I know she loves. I mean, like if you're going to PWG shows, you're a Bucks fan, right? Like I know that she's got to love these guys. You know, the, there's only two shows on the books right now. For AEW, both of them are after <clears throat> WrestleMania. Uh, uh, you know, way to establish uh, their women's I mean, division, right? I mean, I mean I believe know. me, believe me. Today, today on my podcast, uh, Brit, you know, I talked to Britt Baker, who's the, right, first yeah. woman, who's the first woman signed to AEW, and I asked her, 
who are some women that you like to see them sign? And she goes through and she 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 lists some people. Ronda Rousey, not one of them. I'm sure that she would happily welcome a match with Ronda Rousey. Yeah, and I'm sure it would it would do a lot to boost that women's division in AEW. But I, I just don't realistically see it right now. I just don't see her severing the WWE <laughs> business tie. Had to bring it up. Had to address it. Right? No, this is, yeah. Yeah. no, it's it's a, it's a, it's a valid point. It's a very valid point. The fact that Tony Khan has as much money as he does, and he's going to fund and support his promotion correctly. And yeah. of course, you know that he's aware of the rumor. And innuendo that we all t- so no, it's a very valid conversation to have. But I'm just saying my opinion is I just don't see it. Uh, you know, even if you're like a low, in, like if you're a top indie draw name right now, you're getting offers, decent to good offers. Like if Ronda Rousey's a free agent, and I, I just, I, I don't know. We're we're in wacky times right now. Got to ask yourself the question, you know. So anyway. Uh, we'll move off Ronda here for a second. There was a little bit more coming out of the Observer. Uh, the Undertaker currently apparently not figured in the, into any main matches for WrestleMania this year. Have you heard anything about or what what we could be seeing? No, no Taker this year. Some Taker. What's the what's the read? I, well, I, I I don't have any insight. All I can say is I still think it's, he's a very realistic option for a Hall of Fame headliner this year because they're in New York. Yeah. If you think about and obviously there you know there's the competition they're gonna have to deal with that weekend. Um, if you think about who they have left right now that that's realistically headline worthy, you know, obviously Cena's not going in right now. Um, you know, Vince is never going to let them put him in as long as he's alive. Really, you're only two big headliners at the moment, unless you go to the, unless you decide to put the NWO in as a group or go that route. The only two big guy, big headline worthy names really, uh, are The Rock and The Undertaker. I think you're onto something with the, with Taker because then if they put Taker in, and New York's a great setting for him, you can get the Taker entrance at WrestleMania, which is a you know a large part, maybe the best part of Undertaker at this point is just. Well, the uh, and I don't know about uh, you know, I, don't, I can't speak for every fan. I can speak for myself, and I'm a very big Undertaker fan, and I and I, you know, <clears throat> he's always been one, and I've said this for years. He's always been the one guy that I said, man, you know, and I go to the Hall of Fame usually every year, but I, I've always said that's the guy's speech that I can't miss because he's been so protected of his character and he doesn't do a lot of media. I was like, man, if he does decide to, to break character and kind of speak, if, if he lets Mark Calloway speak, you know, that's just, that's, 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 a, we don't get that. So what an attraction to have the undertaker standing on stage, probably inducted by Kane. Uh, and they, and that's, that's an attraction to get fans attention. And I think, same night as that MSG show, correct? Uh, that RH. So it is, yes. You know, if you need, if you need a big attraction, you need a big, Hey, who's somebody that people will pay. And we'll drop whatever else they're doing to hear speak. The Rock or the Undertaker, two people you want to hear speak. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think you're onto something. And you know, Undertaker making an appearance. You know, they always do the Hall of Fame entrances. You know, at the show, you would could you could get take a part of that. And you know, who knows? Maybe you could even set something up. You know, if that's you, yeah. You know. If he goes, if he goes in the Hall of Fame, that doesn't mean that he can't have a match. Because I mean, no. I think I mean Shawn Michaels had a match the weekend that he went in. So mm-hmm. uh, it would actually be kind of fitting in some regards. So yeah, I mean, they could announce. You know, they could announce this Monday that after the Rumble, the Raw after Rumble, they could announce takers in the Hall of Fame, have them show up on Raw somewhere here in February, March, just advertise a show to have them there, and then he could be interrupted by said wrestler, and that that's, that that leads to whatever match. So, and I don't know who that wrestler would be, I, but you know, uh, I got it. RKO out of nowhere. He wants to avenge the loss from WrestleMania with his father. I mean, after once we get through Rumble, maybe we can have a better chance of guessing. I mean, I can, you know, you could say. Braun Strowman, you could say Drew McIntyre, you could say John Cena again, if Cena's able to be there. So, yeah. Um, well, I, I'll throw it out there. I wasn't going to wait to bring this up, but, you know, PW Insider was the first to report uh, that Abyss and Sanjay Dutt were leaving Impact for WWE. 
the Observer confirmed it uh, this morning in their uh, newsletter, uh, said both are expected to work backstage and NXT not perform. I reached out to Impact as soon as I heard it yesterday. We got a uh, statement from Ed Nordholm confirming uh, that these two were leaving. It says, uh, we reached an amicable agreement with Sanjay and Abyss to allow them to pursue this opportunity. They have been tremendous contributors to Impact Wrestling, and we wish them every success. We are thrilled that Conan and Tommy Dreamer have agreed to bring their 50-plus years of experience to our core creative team. So confirming their their exits and the addition of Conan and Tommy to the creative team, which we can get to in just a second. But Abyss, right? That was always the big... I mean, that was the, the mythical rumored match that never happened, right? Like 10 years ago... Abyss could have gone to WWE and, and fought The Undertaker, and we would have never seen this lengthy career in, in Impact Wrestling. I I don't know what truth there is to it. I don't really care. I do kind of dig it. I know they're older now, but what do you what do you make of Abyss and Sanjay here joining WWE? And again, this report says they aren't wrestling, but I'm I'm all for Abyss getting a run at WWE. Sanjay too. Uh, two good wrestling minds, so it's great that they're going to be able to uh, contribute probably in that capacity. Um, you know, putting matches together and just working with guys and girls and promos and such. Uh, I'll say this: I, I um, what a what a moment it would be if it's three, two, one, er, and we see Abyss as a surprise Rumble winter. Man, I'm well. I wrote about it on Twitter yesterday. How I could see, like, you know, they go to thirty. Our Truth's music plays, right? That he doesn't come out. You cut to the back. Truth's on the ground. You see Janice fall to the wayside. Abyss reaches over, grabs the the number, and heads to the ring. Right? Even if you don't really know who Abyss is. The man's a monster, right? It's intimidating. It, it, it has an edge to it. I, that was that was my fun fantasy book of it. I don't know if you have a different idea. Of I, 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 I do. The opening 90 seconds of my podcast, um, I gave a, a scenario, a booking scenario that I had not heard anybody else do, and it's been met with the reaction I was hoping because I think it is kind of a mind-blowing one. It, <laughs> okay. doesn't, it, do, it does involve our truth uh it does involve our truth being attacked and somebody else taking the number 30 spot and i'll just say please go listen to the opening 90 seconds of my podcast and i it makes a lot of sense god teasing me here <laughs> i got it i got to tease i'm gonna tease um well this was this was cool it was nice impact by the way and ed to, to give <laughs> a statement confirming the reports we got it on the record um both of these guys are very smart uh it was also noted i think in the observer when i was reading this morning of course these two guys both very close with jeremy borash this could be your NXT team now with these guys and, and JB helping Triple H. Um, I'm all for it. It's fascinating to me that the Impact team from like 10 years ago has largely just now been brought over to WWE. Like Impact, like they have, it's a whole new, it, Impact is completely different now because everybody's gone. They're all at WWE. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, uh, yeah, with with Abyss, uh, obviously Jeremy Borash has been with WWE now for for <laughs> some time. Uh, but I mean, Abyss really is the last of the old guard. I mean, yeah, right. I mean, that's you know, mm-hmm. yeah. It's uh, it's gonna be a very different time. And Conan and Tommy Dreamer are gonna be joining the creative team over at Impact with Don Callis. Uh, Conan books for AAA, <laughs> like he books for everybody right now. Era Lucha, um, MLW. So Conan's doing a lot right now. I like both of these guys. Uh, Conan with LAX has really kind of been a, an Impact stalwart for a long time as well. Um, Interesting group. I kind of dig it. I like, I like when things change. It, it always gives you something different, something fresh. You know. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know, can't, I don't know Conan, so I can't speak to him. I do know Tommy, and and so even with the departure of Sanjay and uh, Sanjay and, and Abyss, uh, Impact is getting a, a. I mean, they're not they're not really missing a step. But having Tommy Dreamer there, uh, mm-hmm. Tommy is a great mind, and 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 Tommy's like 
like the most liked guy in the wrestling business, which is amazing and hard to do, which is why I think he has a key to every office. He can show up at WB one day, he shows up at TNA the next day, yeah. has his own house of hardcore. I mean, he's just, he knows how to play the game and do it right. Um, and, and I mean, just by the credentials you said, I'm sure Conan um, will, will offer a lot too. So yeah, I mean, Impact, this is, this is, this is good for Impact that if they're allowing, you know, these two guys to go pursue an opportunity at WWE, but Impact making sure they, they replace them with uh, suitable, suitable people, creative minds, and, and, and it looks like they've done that. Yeah, and I, I definitely think that this decision is going to result in Impact continuing to work with multiple promotions. Maybe even we could maybe even see an expansion of that, I would guess, because these two guys very much like to do the, the cross-promotion, House of Hardcore and, and all the stuff Conan's doing. Uh, all right, back to the last bit here from The Observer uh, was plans for John Cena at WrestleMania this year are, are still up in the air. Now, I guess what was supposed to happen was Lars Sullivan was supposed to debut last week, attack John Cena, break his leg, split him in half like Doomsday to Superman, take him out of the Rumble. Uh, that did not happen because, I guess, as it's been reported, Lars is dealing with some kind of anxiety issue. Uh, Triple H was pressed about it on the media call yesterday, said everything's fine. Uh, the Observer kind of said, you know, there's an understanding of the situation. There's no heat on Lars. When, whenever he's good, he's welcome to come back. But that's why they did the Cena injury where he injured himself uh, working out angle to get him out of the Rumble match because the plan was always for him to not be in the Rumble match just to build excitement for the Rumble by saying Cena was going to be a part of it and sell some tickets. Um, what do you? Uh, what would you like to see John Cena do? I mean, if uh, if they can get uh, well, you know, I mean, if Lars Sullivan can get right, I mean, that would still be interesting if they can. I mean, they still have plenty of time. They could still build to that if. Um... If Lars is okay, I don't know what his status is and, and what, and I don't know how much, I don't know if, I don't know if more has been made of what actually happened or if it's, if, you know, what, or what we, what actually happened. We, we won't know for a while, but I'd like to see John Cena work somebody new like that, uh, an up and comer uh, that they're putting a lot of stock behind or we're putting stock behind. Um, if not Lars Sullivan, you know, they kind of, you know, planted a little bit of what you could interpret as a seed with John Cena, and Drew McIntyre and the, you know, the, the interaction they had when Cena was last on Raw. So that would be something. That would be fitting, given the, the the you know, given that we can kind of just see Drew McIntyre's status continues to rise. So, uh, if Drew does not win the Rumble and he's not um, in a title in the World Title match at WrestleMania, I, I think Drew McIntyre versus Cena would be certainly something I'd be worth worth seeing. Yeah, I I, so I was I thought McIntyre Cena could be an option. <clears throat> sure, you know, I thought it was interesting also on the because you were on the Triple H media call as well yesterday, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, he addressed his injury. He said he's cleared to start training again. So Hunter's back in the gym working to get, I would guess, into ring shape here. Um, the the plan I guess was always Batista, right? That was always the reported plan. We could still get that, but if we don't, I mean, just John Cena Batista, just put them together. Right, like that seems like an interesting idea. Well, I still wonder about the Batista just because if he's doing again. We we talked about this a few weeks ago. Uh, if he's signed on to to do another movie, right? It's um, I, you know that that obviously is going to be a problem. So yeah, uh, well, lots of lots of stuff going on here into WrestleMania. A uh, couple other things here. We talked about the the Triple H call. Oh, really, just a couple things here before we get to some of our clips and segments and interviews today. Um, JoJo update on JoJo PW insider said that she's not been on the road with WWE the past several weeks due to personal reasons. There's no backstage heat on her. Uh, she is not listed for the Royal rumble weekend. So for those of you that are interested in what's going on with JoJo, there's an update for you. Also, uh, there was some speculation yesterday that arose on Reddit over a trademark infringement filing that a, a content creator got on a website that was filed by pro wrestling tees and creative ventures. Uh, that is, uh, 
Pro Wrestling Tees saw a graphic on this site that was theirs. They filed it. Uh, Ryan Barkin is the president of Pro Wrestling Tees. Um, a lot of people. So the the image in question that the violation was for was for a CM Punk image being sold on this site, right? And the trademark infringement filing was on behalf of Pro Wrestling Tees, which is Ryan, and Creative Ventures, which is, you know, I think part of AEW, if not the entity that owns AEW. So I went to Ryan, who's here in Chicago, um, and I asked him, what's going on? Is this Does this tie CM Punk to AEW? Which is, I guess, what everybody thought. He said, it ties AEW and Punk together through me because I am responsible for both of their merchandise, and I searched the internet for bootlegs. They are not connected otherwise. So it was just a case of a bunch of entities winding up on the same piece of paper is what it sounds like to me. If you want to believe that, no, I'm just kidding. Ryan's a good guy. He wouldn't lie to me. <laughs> um, well, he, like, would, he, he wouldn't lie to you, but he also wouldn't want to be the one that lets, that lets the cat out of the bag if they did have some big surprise for everybody. So just bear that in mind. I don't, he, think, I don't, think, that, I don't think that's the case here. That's actually very good detective work by you. Thank you. Well, you know, and if people are hiding something, nine times out of ten, they won't say anything. They will just completely fade you, and they'll just never respond to your questions, and then you're just left there wondering what's going on. Uh, but no, Brian was very quick to get back to me and, and make it clear that other than the fact that he controls the merchandise for both entities, there's no connection there. So there you go. Uh, and last but not least here, The Undertaker was at SHOT Show in Vegas yesterday. I'm guessing just walking around looking at guns, which is what The Undertaker does now. (laughs) 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 And uh, do you want to say something? Do you like that? You're giggling and talking at the same time. Yeah, because... I, I saw a picture. Well, I think you're. I think you're getting ready to talk about it. It was great. I, I love seeing a picture of him with an Impact Wrestling banner behind him. And then if you zoom in, you look. He has his name tag on, and it says Mark. I don't yeah. know, how funny. It's just funny to me. Yeah, Impact Wrestling Mark. That's what they call the Undertaker. Uh, yeah, no, Undertaker. I guess was just there, right? Like looking at guns, being a part of Shot Show, this big convention in Vegas for hunters, and. Uh, he he sees that there is an impact wrestling table there and i interview I, and it's so weird because i actually wound up interviewing both taya and eli yesterday now we're going to play the taya interview today and i'm going to play eli either tuesday or wednesday next week on the show so you'll get that one as well but i asked them both about this right and t- you'll hear taya talk about it in just a second but it just kind of sounds like the undertaker saw some wrestlers and was like man i'm a wrestler too and they were like okay <laughs> It does not sound like there was anything to this other than that. Do, do, uh, do you think, or I haven't heard these clips yet. Do you, do, did he, do you think he knew who Eli and Taya were? Like, do you, th- or do you think he just said, well, they look like wrestlers? Do you think he was familiar with their work or, or, or they just, I'll let, them, I'll, let you, I'll let you listen to them. You guys could, I mean, it does not sound like, under, I mean, look, like you say, the Impact Wrestling logo is behind him, right? Like, you don't walk up to the Impact Wrestling table, be the Undertaker, not know who the not know what Impact <laughs> Wrestling is. Do you right? think, did, he, did Eli and Taya go, you know, you look familiar, Mark? <laughs> Eli's, like, Taya's very nice about it. Eli actually has a kind of funny story about it. His will play last week, but, uh, but yeah, sorry. With that, what a great transition here. We are about to hear from Taya Valkyrie. After her, you're going to hear a clip of uh, Scott Fishman talking to Ken Shamrock followed by a Wrestling Inc.'s Aki talking to Drew McIntyre. And after that, you'll hear views from the Turnbuckle Audio Edition, me and Jesse Collins, talking about NXT's localized, globalized strategy. And right after that, we'll be back here with me and Justin, closing down the show and giving our preview and predictions for the Royal Rumble. 
At this time, it is my pleasure to welcome to the show the brand new Impact Wrestling Knockouts Champion, Taya Valkyrie. Taya, welcome to the Winkley. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, my pleasure. Uh, first of all, while you are the champion right now, which uh, I'm excited to talk to you about your match from Homecoming, um, Homecoming ended uh, our, uh, the, on kind of a scary note with you getting tossed off the stage by Killer Cross. How are you feeling following, following his uh, actions there? Um, I'm doing much better, obviously, um, but I think that mostly I'm just really disappointed <laughs> in Cross. I've known him for years. Uh, I've always been a supporter of him when he came to Mexico in AAA years ago, and we've, I've always considered him kind of, you know, he was in our inner circle for a long time, and over the last few months, he's kind of gone in this, I mean, he's always been a psychopath, but <laughs> I feel like he's gone even deeper down the rabbit hole, literally, uh, and uh, I'm just really disappointed. I think he's a fake and a fraud, and I mean, at this point it's like if john doesn't break in my will because i'm just not going to allow someone to attack me or allow my uh, or attack my husband like that no why why do you think it's gotten so personal between you johnny and cross why what do you think has driven him to this point i actually i'm really not too sure it's such a weird thing and it's just kind of been a slow progression for him and um i i I don't know, but it's just, I, it's just like I said, I'm not going to allow him to push me around or push John around. This is ridiculous. Um, if he thinks he doesn't have any, if he's not going to have to deal with some consequences, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So, um, you know, I hope that he's ready to back it up because you put your hands on me, you're threatening to hit, to like attack me again. Like it's just, it doesn't make any sense. Um, but whatever it is, like it's got to stop because this is just, you know, it's ridiculous. Uh, well, I wanted to get that out of the way at the top um, because it was a very it was a happy it was a happy night in other ways for you at homecoming as you did become the Impact Knockouts champion. Um, what does that mean to you to to hold that gold around your waist? I mean, it's been a goal of mine for years to hold a women's championship like this in a major federation, especially an American federation. Um, I obviously am a two time Reina de Reinas champion in Mexico longest reigning was like 943 days, you know, but that was like one part of my wrestling chap, you know, one part of my wrestling uh, career. And I really felt like this was really important to kind of cement myself in the American scene. And I worked really, really hard to get to this point. Um, a lot of people just jump to conclusions or assume that things happen to people because of who they are or whatever. But the truth is I worked my butt off. And if someone has a, like, doesn't see that, then I just, I don't get it. I am a perfect representation of hard work, dedication, sacrifice, everything that it takes to be successful within professional wrestling. And I hold pride in my work. I, and I hope that I'm representing what a knockout should be and is, and um, that I'm representing the division in the most positive and inspirational way that I can. And uh, I hope to be knockouts champion for a very long time. And I'm prepared for anybody that feels that they ha should have the opportunity to wrestle me for that championship. So if it's Tessa running her mouth or if it's one of the new girls that feels like they, um, they deserve a chance, then absolutely I will be a defending champion and I'm not scared of anybody. Um, what do you think separates the knockouts division right now from other women's divisions? It's such a, it's such a vibrant time now for women's wrestling, I feel like. Um, I think the knockouts division is different because within the impact universe, so to speak, there is the opportunity for all of us to shine. There's not just one 
storyline or one feud going on. There are several. So it's multidimensional and every woman has an opportunity to shine. And I think that that's really, really cool. And obviously certain stories are going to cross over and things are going to change. And there's all these wild cards that, for example, Rosemary coming back and, and all these kinds of things that you really don't know where and what direction we're going to go. But um, it's just as exciting for the fans as it is for us. And I really hope that we're doing something different that everyone's really enjoying. Now, your title win wasn't without controversy. Gail Kim was the referee in this bout, and she got physical in the match. She didn't disqualify Tessa Blanchard. You know, she she got hands on her. Um, what's your mm-hmm. opi- What's your opinion of how Gail Kim got involved in the title match? Well, here's the thing. Like, I had beaten Tessa already before um, by submission. I had, you know, her back against the wall on several occasions. Um, you know, Tessa has been running her mouth. Tessa's been hitting refs and being extremely disrespectful to our management and everybody so I mean she can't just expect that this behavior is going to go unnoticed or with no reaction so she hits the wrong ref and the ref hit back this is wrestling right I'm going to try and win so you obviously when the opportunity was there I'm going to take that opportunity and I'm going to win and guess what I won and I'm the knockout uh, champion so honestly Tessa whenever you want I'm prepared fully prepared to defend this title against you so anyone who wants to say that I don't deserve it or anything like that this is professional wrestling this is me trying to win a match I'm going to sit there and wait no I'm going to take advantage of the opportunity she hit a ref the ref hit back and I won well Tessa's taking this you're right but Tessa's taking this you know a little bit she's taking it further here she's she's nuts yeah (laughs) You know, I, 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 she, you know, I, I hate to say this, but she did win our, our poll for uh, the Impact Knockout of the Year, and I awarded her the uh, the plaque uh, the Monday after the pay per view, and she like didn't even want it. Like she didn't. She all she could say is how much she wanted to get her hands on you and take back that title. I mean, has it been? Yeah. That- well, I'm just, I'm just here waiting, here waiting. Oh wait, she's suspended. That's right, she's suspended. Yeah. Okay. Well, when she's allowed to come back, she can have her opportunity. Like. Yeah. I've never stepped down from like a challenge or, or been scared of anybody. And I'm not about to start. So Tessa's losing her mind and being all crazy and like all this kind of stuff. Like, go ahead. I've taken on women in every part of this planet and bled for what I want. And that's that knockout title. So whenever she's ready, I'm there. Yeah. What do you think Tessa was trying to accomplish or or message she was trying to send by losing her mind like that and attacking Gail and, and getting herself suspended by, uh, by management? Uh, I don't know what she's thinking. I just, I, I mean, it's clear that she's got some major issues or some insecurities or I don't know, but, uh, she's making herself look bad. That's, that's basically it. Um, you know, knockouts and professional women's wrestling, we're supposed to be an example to everybody. You know what I mean? Uh, Of class, uh, of hard workers, um, of passionate women about our sport and behaving like that is doesn't show that to me at all. Now with Tessa out of the picture here and getting suspended by management, I mean, who do you view as next in line for a shot at your title? Um, I mean, it's really like the, the, I don't really know who it, but whoever it like wins an opportunity for that number one contender spot, I'm absolutely prepared to defend my championship at any cost at any time. Um, maybe there should be a multi-woman match to determine the new, you know, number one contender, whoever it is. I mean, we have so many different um, types of 
wrestlers on our roster right now, and those women are, are bringing it every single week. So I'm completely open to taking on whoever it is that, you know, earns that spot. Um, how, uh, how have you felt? You, you brought up some of the new women that have come in and joined the division. Uh, Scarlett Brudeau, I'll start with her. She announced that she's picked herself, I guess, in this talent search that she's been on. She'll be representing herself. It looks like she'll be entering into the uh, women's division. Do you view her as legitimate competition? Uh, well, of course she picked herself. <laughs> Would we expect anything else? Um, I mean, I, I don't know her work that well, so I'm interested to see what she brings. There's a reason that she's a knockout. You know what I mean? There's a reason she's at impact. So I'm interested to see what exactly she is going to bring to the table. And if she earns the spot, then it's, it's Taya versus Scarlett, you know? Do you welcome her bringing in the sexualization of the women's division and impact wrestling? Do you think that's a, a good thing for the division? Um, I think it's an interesting thing for the division. We're always trying to stand apart and um, create something different, and controversy is one of those things. And if it makes people talk, then great. I mean, you know, we are all so different. Every woman on our in our roster on our roster, sorry, is completely different, and she's just another different wrestler that we have there. So, I mean, if that's what that's what she's bringing to the table, and that's what she's she's bringing to the table. The other one I wanted to ask you about that's uh, a little different is uh, Jordan Grace. Uh, have you been impressed with Jordan? Or are you looking forward to, to getting a one-on-one bout with her? Yeah, I'm very impressed with her. She's undefeated right now on Impact Wrestling. So, absolutely. I've actually never been in the ring with her. So, that would be definitely a different and interesting matchup for me. Um, so, just like I said, if she becomes the number one contender, it's going to be Jordan Grace versus Taya. And uh, there's just so many different ways that this could go and i'm just curious as to see who's really going to step up and and go after the title yeah well uh you are not the only champion in the household you live in now uh your husband johnny impact mm-hmm. is also the champion you guys are uh, like the first ever husband wife champions maybe in at the same time in history i don't really know what the the trivia fact i believe is. that that is true <laughs> yeah that's pretty crazy when somebody pointed that out to me that that had never happened uh, how are you guys enjoying the ride here as couples champions are you guys doing anything fun with your titles together oh my gosh now the titles are are at home obviously <laughs> um but um it's just really cool to be sharing in this moment with him especially since we both worked so hard to get to this point um individually through our careers um and coming from different different kind of parts of a pro wrestling um it's just really a great way to start 2019 and uh i'm just happy to be sharing in this moment with him it wasn't you know uh, just johnny that was there at the end when you guys had a moment before cross came out and, and ruined everything you guys had a couple friends there as well in the front row i was lucky to be sitting right next to them uh nick and davy from survivor uh were from the- survivor <laughs> yeah <laughs> um how how was uh, now Nick seemed like a wrestling fan. Davey, I had to explain a lot of things to as the show was going on, which was fine. It's fine. He was very passionate about it. Um, mm-hmm. how, how were they? How was it having them at at homecoming? And whose idea was it for them to paint your name on their chest like they did? Oh, that was their idea. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, but I mean, that's, that's just I was glad to like have them be there who then neither of them are really into wrestling. And so it's always great for to like introduce new people into the world of professional wrestling. I think that that's just makes it more fun. 
Um, and yeah, I think they got a little rowdy that day, if I remember (laughs) correctly. Um, but it was, um, you know, John invited them to come and it was really great because the finale had happened just a few weeks, obviously earlier. Um, so we had, we were there with them when Nick actually won. Uh, so yeah, it was just great. I mean, it's always, just like I said, it's always great to, to open different people's eyes to, to what we do and to see them get excited. Yeah, they were very excited. Then Davey got knocked out by Brian Cage. It was a whole thing that happened over there. Um, Nick? Yeah, this, they just they, they got a little rowdy, I think. Yeah. Um, when, uh, uh, you had another fun story here uh, that happened just a couple hours ago. Uh, I was looking on Twitter, and you are at the SHOT Show right now in Vegas with Eli Drake, correct? Yes, yes. Did you guys uh, run into The Undertaker like a couple hours ago and like get a photo together with him? Yep, it was absolutely completely random. <laughs> we were standing at our booth, and then he just appeared, like in a puff of smoke. Um, and he was there, and he was super nice, and he took pictures with us, and and yeah, then, then he went on his way with with you know continuing around the shot show. Uh, but yeah, that that did happen. <laughs> wow did he did he say anything? Did he did he know Impact Wrestling? Did he know you guys were with Impact Wrestling? Well, I'm sure that he knew that we were with Impact Wrestling because he said, "Oh, wrestlers." Yeah. Um, but he was very nice and just, you know, introduced. We introduced ourselves to him, and that was kind of it. It was just, you know, it's a nice interaction. It's always nice when you meet people and they're and they're very nice people. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's a the photo's already gone viral. It's online. You guys can go find it. Yeah, I'm aware. Um, <laughs> how how do you you know I uh, I have pursuit, so I know I've I've checked it out a little bit since you guys have made the move. It's a gun enthusiast uh, network. It's for hunters. Um, what do you think about Impact trying to make that connection with the gun enthusiasm community? How were you received at, at SHOT Show? Um, I don't necessarily know if that's exactly the way that it should be perceived. Okay. Um, because, yeah, yeah, it's a hunting network and outdoor network. Right. I don't really necessarily think it needs to be like pushed toward the gun stuff because okay. obviously I don't support any of that kind of behavior um it was just like it's like a it's just a different outlet for us to be you know it's a different crowd um for us to be in front of and i mean we were well received everyone like knew who we were and we had tons of people that came and said hi to us and everything the show was enormous i've never been to anything like that before in my life um but yeah it's just a different network and sometimes you just have to go to where you you think you have a better fit and right now that's where impact is and you can always check us out on twitch it's like when people say they can't find impact anymore that's ridiculous because it's completely accessible to everybody if you have the internet so i think this is a really positive move for us and then it allows way more people to be able to be watching us every friday if you've got the internet you've got impact i like that it's very, exactly very easy <laughs> now uh you guys are going to vegas here next month you'll be back in vegas you're as you're there right now uh, in February for the next set of tapings. What are your plans? What's your agenda here for the Vegas tapings? Yeah, we'll be back in, at Samtown on the 15, 16, and 17 in Las Vegas, which is great because um, we were just here a few months ago, and the fans here are so great and supportive and enthusiastic. I'm just really looking forward to coming back and, and presenting myself in front of them again um, and hopefully be retaining the knockout title and continuing this positive uh, beginning to 2019. Um, just so many uh, great things happening right now with Impact and us expanding and, and doing and traveling to different places. So this is just one more opportunity for everybody to come see us the 15th, 16th, and 17th at Samstown.
And, uh, you know, you saw Goldberg come back at age 50, and then he ended up winning the world championship. Do you feel like you have unfinished business in WWE? It seems like a lot of fans feel like you should have been a WWE champion. Absolutely, no question. Um, you know, the idea is, is to be able to put myself in a position, uh, just like I've done all these years, and just kept myself in great shape, uh, with always the idea of being able to have an opportunity to finish some unfinished business. If that happens, that's going to be great. That'll be awesome, I think, for myself, the fans, and also, I think, the company. Because I think people would really buy into me being coming back and actually making a run at that title. Um, but if it doesn't happen, you know, it's not one of those things that's going to um, keep me up at night. But it's something I'd like to accomplish. But if it doesn't happen, then I'll be perfectly happy capturing all the independent titles. Okay, uh, so thank you, Drew, for taking the time. First question for you. Uh, a few years ago, you were christened the chosen one. Uh, but with what has happened over the past few months, do you think that prophecy of you being the man can be fulfilled this year? Uh, yes. <laughs> if I didn't, I wouldn't do that. Um, like I mentioned earlier, Vincent Man's got his crystal ball. It's on to the future. And uh, thankfully, eventually, I uh, started putting the pieces together, started realizing my potential and yeah, you got to prove Vincent Man right. It's, it's crazy. Some of his ideas might seem or some of the things he says generally they come true. It's, it's a pretty a good feeling. I'm going to be living in the moment I'm living right now. Did, did you kind of have a conversation with Vincent Man where you said after returning that, you know, what he saw in you all those years ago, uh, that it was going to come true soon? I've not said those exact words, but, um, you know, he is uh, very happy and proud of the, the changes I've made with, with just like Triple H and to see me all grown up and to return back to WWE because for himself, uh, Triple H and WWE watched me grow up in front of their eyes and, you know, took a bad turn. So they're very happy that I you know, found my way back on the road and heading right in a straight line. That's fantastic. I also wanted to get your thoughts on how important it is mentally to stay focused once you face, face a few setbacks in the WWE. Well, I always go to the Rocky quote, and, you know, life's hard. doesn't matter what you do, doesn't matter if you're a wrestler or you know, you work in an office or you're, you're a trash man. <laughs> Whatever you do, there's going to be setbacks, there's going to be hardships in life. It's, you know, not about how hard you can hit. It's how hard to get it and keep moving forward, as you said in Rocky, and it's true. And it might not make sense when you're younger, but when you live through a few things that knock you down and you fight and fight and come back and you see the rewards of coming back, it really, really rings true. So no matter how low you might feel, how hard you get hit, it's always a little Right, so last two questions for you. Uh, now with WWE having NXT UK, how easier do you think it is now for the talent in the United Kingdom to be spotted by the organization than when you and when you were competing on the United Kingdom scene. Yeah, there's nothing easy about it, but it is. Uh, you get a lot more eyes on you, a lot more opportunity. There wasn't any opportunity when we got signed. You know, they weren't really signing UK guys. I think they might have signed Paul Birchall, who's the only UK guy they like, signed from the UK. Um, unless you go back to the Finleys and Regals. We were already living in America, and we were the first group of guys signed. Like I say, it was myself, Seamus, and Wade Barrett who were in that 
first group that were cherry picked from the UK and dropped in America. Now we get to train in the UK, we get to experience what we get to learn about how it is with the cameras, etc. Then we go to Orlando and we get acclimated to the new country and the new culture. So it is a seamless process now and it is you know, way better opportunity-wise and I'm very happy about it. You know, I'm not bitter about it that I had to do the way I did. I'm just very happy that it's you know, uh, worked out so well now. Right, absolutely. Now, finally, uh, now that WWE is recruiting talent from around the world, do you have anyone in mind that the fans should keep an eye out on? There's just so many. I don't like to send you people out. Like, if you turn on NXT, if anyone's on that show, they have about 150 people in the performance center and they have a one-hour show. So if somebody's on that show, it means they're very, very, very good. And you can see that if you watch the show, if you watch NXT UK, if you watch the takeover, you can see they're all very, very, very good. And again, here, I think the single people out. There's so much talent around there now. Right, understood. Thank you uh, for the time, Drew, and all the very best for tonight and the weekend. At this time, it is my pleasure to bring back to the show our good friend Jesse Collins for the latest Views from the Turnbuckle audio edition. Welcome back, Jesse. Thanks, Nick. Looking to... Get back to work this week. Yeah, yeah. Well, you had a fun you had a fun piece this past Friday. Every Friday, there is a brand new Views from the Turnbuckle uh, article that is released on WrestlingInc.com. And then on the Thursday, weekly, about a week later, we talk about it here. We digest it. This past week, your piece was entitled, Can NXT Take Over the Wrestling World? That's a fun play on the, on the word takeover there. Uh, I like this piece. Put a lot of thought in that one. I, I reread this piece here. Because I just finished uh, doing the TakeOver media call with Triple H. So you're getting me hot right now. You're getting me Ooh. fresh off the, yeah, the TakeOver you right. Call. You're already warmed up. You've, oh. already, uh, you've oh. been in the gym. Oh. Yeah, pump and pod. Is that a thing? <laughs> pump and pod. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing. Um, this is an interesting piece because you take a look at not just how NXT is growing, the idea of the performance centers becoming more global, but you also take a look at the kind of talent that NXT uh, consists of and how it's developed. I, I really encourage people to take a look at this one here. Uh, but let's start with the the plan, the localized, the global localized, globalized performance center model. Do you think that this is the right model to help them take over the wrestling world? I don't know if it's the right model, but it's the model that they're going with. If if you haven't read the piece, a brief summary is that WWE has planned on opening these different performance centers in different parts of the world. We have the one in Orlando, obviously. They just opened the one in London last week or two weeks ago. And then they have plans to open one up in the Middle East, open one up in China, open one up in South America. And the goal is to kind of produce talent locally there and have these own little local NXT brands like the way we have NXT UK now with the idea that WWE would be having these promotions, not just, it wouldn't just be WWE, you know, and Raw and SmackDown touring around the globe, and that's their kind of global model, but it'll be to have these localized products for every single major market in, in, the, in the globe. And it's in, it's kind of infantile stages right now, but it's definitely an interesting strategy. I don't think anyone would have predicted, you know, 10 years ago that WWE would be trying to, to build basically separate products in, you know, a dozen different markets. Do you see this as like them trying to reinvent the territories in a way, or do you think it's a different thing? In some ways it is. I mean, there's always been like this belief in wrestling since the territories went away that talent 
hasn't been able to develop in the same way because the territories have gone and the territories were the best way to develop talent because talent could travel around and around, which I thought was kind of an outdated thought process because if you look at you know the talent that WWE brings in from the indies, those are talent that have been around and around. They've gone to different promotions. They've gone to Japan, Mexico, Europe, all of those places. But now is the kind of idea is that they're going to have I think they're going to have these 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 different you know performance centers and these different NXT promotions, and I guess the idea is that the best of the best will eventually find their way onto the WWE main roster. Yeah, and you know I didn't get to ask him on the call, and I I almost wanted to, but it felt like it might it could have been a throwaway question. But the plan I would think if if there is kind of a reinvention of the the territories would be to not just put these performers in the localized uh, territory. I would think that you would maybe move them around the different performance centers, you know, do, do a six month stint in the uh, American performance center, then do six months over in London, maybe even six months over in India to get a different flavor, work in different crowds, get used to travel. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, Nick, that makes perfect sense. And I think it kind of blends into another point, which is, I think, you know, it's one thing to work different territories because in, in working for different promotions, because you're going to learn different styles but I almost think with the Performance Center is that this is WWE's attempt to kind of standardize all of their, you know, how they teach wrestling talent and how they train guys. And it's not going to be, oh, you're like, you know, currently, if you're not part of the WWE system and you're just an independent wrestler, ideally, you can go to Japan and learn the more strong style. You can go to Mexico and learn Lucha Libre. You can go to England and learn the kind of classic British style. And that's kind of mixes into this well-rounded performer. I kind of think they're going to go the other way. And the idea is that all of these talents will be trained in the WWE style of wrestling instead of going to all of these different, you know, uh, independent promotions in, in different companies around the world and learning these different styles. So I think that's how I think that's kind of what their game plan may be more would be to kind of have this kind of modeled company style that they can teach to wrestlers around the world, not just people in Orlando. Yeah. Well, and it's funny, too, because your piece talks about like how they're not actually like training. Guys. I mean, they're training. I mean, there is training that happens. But for a lot of the guys that are NXT talents and stuff, you know, they're getting there pretty well-rounded. I mean, it's it's more of a finishing school at this point than anything, right? Well, it's unclear. Like, it, 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 WWE kind of encourages this in a lot of the language they use by basically interchangeably using the term NXT and WWE Performance Center. But it's unclear what, like, NXT's real goal is. The idea is that it's development, which means they're going to use to train these talents and get them ready for the main roster but like the public face of NXT, which is you know your Johnny Gargano's, your Aleister Blacks, your Ricochets, your Adam Cole's, your Tommaso Ciampa's, those guys are already superstars. Those guys really, I mean, everyone can 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 value more experience, but those guys are ready to be on the main roster. I don't think there's any real dispute in that. So it seems like I don't know if those guys are really developing any skills right now that they, could, they, they couldn't be developing on the main roster where they would have a bigger financial impact on the company. Yeah, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I mean, what Adam Cole? Adam Cole doesn't need training. Adam yeah, Cole, I, I mean, mean, they're going to, you know, the, the latest rumor is, is they're going to um, sign Kushida to NXT. It's like, okay, I guess Kushida is going to need to develop his skills more. <laughs> and, you know, there's a lot of guys like that. And, and, yeah. and you can, in, the funny part is you look at who they bring up from NXT and it's oftentimes not like the best guys like all of the people they brought up recently 
Like they brought up, uh, you know, Lacey Evans and not a knock on her, but, you know, she's not as good as Io Shirai and she's not as, you know, doesn't have the same kind of cachet as Shayna Baszler, but they brought her up because they didn't have anything for her to do in NXT. It's almost like you're penalized for, for succeeding really well and getting over in NXT because they keep you there longer. You know, I, I have, uh, I had an interesting conversation with somebody over the weekend. Um, and I think I have an idea of what NXT may be in its current iteration right now. Um, Let's let's. I'll flip the script a little bit here. AEW, right? They, mm-hmm. If they if they want to get a TV deal, which sounds like very likely, right, that they're moving in that direction. Uh, Tuesday Night Dynamite is the name of the show that they've trademarked, right? If, yep. If they let's say you know uh, hypothetically, okay, hypothetically they they team up with Turner, right, and they get yep. Tuesday Night Dynamite on TNT, right? It, it, ideal scenario. Now, WWE is moving SmackDown to Fridays. If they wanted to put up competition to AEW on a Tuesday night, uh, I would think NXT is their bullet in the gun to do that. Is Because, uh, like, like, these guys, why would you keep them there? Why would you have this specific assembly of hot New Japan ROH independent talent, a show that is very different than the other main roster shows, if you were trying to counter-program something like an AEW, NXT on Tuesday nights uh, on USA would certainly fit the bill, in my opinion. Well, there's a couple Fox, things you touch on. FS1, couple, whatever. Yeah. There's a couple of things you touch on there, Nick, that I think are relevant. The first is that WWE historically has beaten their competition by taking their best talent. And I, I reference that in the piece. They beat the AWA because they paid big money to, to get Hulk Hogan and to get Bobby Heenan and to get uh, you know other guys like Mr. Perfect and, and those kind of talent. They, so they paid money to get those guys, and they buried the AWA. They beat WCW largely because WW, WCW released a lot of their talent. Um, it wasn't quite the same way as the AWA, but they you know the main a lot of the main players in you know the Attitude Era were WCW castoffs. It was you know Steve Austin obviously being the most uh, famous one, but also uh, Mick Foley, you know, The Undertaker was a WCW cast off. A, a lot of the talent was from WCW. So with NXT, it's really, I see NXT as a way for WWE to to cut into the independent wrestling market. And we'll use independent, including New Japan Pro Wrestling and Ring of Honor, even though they're not really independent promotions. And, you know, that's why they sign the best guys from those companies or try to sign the best guys from those companies. And then they put them in NXT. And the idea is that they're giving WWE's controlling the product, but they're giving fans a quote unquote non WWE product. It's almost like NXT is the promotion for is the WWE promotion for fans who don't like WWE. Right. I think we know a lot of people who don't particularly have glowing things to say about WWE all the time, but they like NXT. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. That's why I say, you know, what is the, the what is the plan for NXT? And I I think the reason it is the way it is right now, I think the reason that's the talent that has stayed there and has been built uh, become the foundation of NXT in its current form, I think it is intentional and I think that it is uh, a wait and see on their part if somebody does rise up and they need to present this on a bigger platform, um I I think that these I think that this is all intentional. I think there may be something to it. Now, one of the things I think that's interesting that you bring up in this piece as well is 
how there's a lot of talent that they sign that will never make it to NXT TV. And, you know, they do sign a lot of uh, big name ROH New Japan indie guys now to bring to NXT, but they're still bodybuilders and, and weightlifters and stuff like that. But very few of them seem to really be able to break through. You bring up Braun Strowman as the only guy who kind of broke the mold in that area. What do you think there is to the idea that they're not really creating much talent anymore? If anything, they're buying more talent than they're actually creating. Yeah, well, it's interesting. You know, if you look back, like, last 25 years of WWE's existence, outside of that one notable OVW class, which was uh, Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton, John Cena, and Batista, which is a great class, you know, WWE hasn't really trained a lot of their biggest stars. Like, you know, they trained The Rock, but, like, Steve Austin, right, That was, he wasn't trained by WWE. Shawn Michaels was not trained by WWE. Bret Hart was not trained by WWE. You can go, uh, you know, Edge and Christian, um, you know, even if you look at the main roster now, a lot of those guys aren't WWE trained guys. And the Performance Center has been around since 2013. And there are other guys on the roster uh, who have been trained by WWE that, you know, are around. But for outside of Braun Strowman, I don't really see anyone that like, quote unquote, draws money for WWE. It's a lot of like lower card talent. And I think it does. It is worth questioning you know, whether or not it's WWE targeting the wrong guys and the wrong women, you know, they have a, like you said, there's bodybuilders, college football players, you know, the people that Vince McMahon historically likes, big guys or, or fitness models for women. Maybe those aren't, isn't the best way to target talent anymore because what we think of when we think of a superstar in wrestling is different than we thought of 30 years ago. Man. And I think also part of it might just be that learning to wrestle at the Performance Center is not as effective when it comes to developing a talent as maybe learning outside of WWE by going to those different independents and, and traveling the world and learning those different styles. Yeah. It is just so – it's so vastly different than it was just even a couple of years ago where it's like being an independent wrestler was like the scarlet letter. They wouldn't even touch you, you know? Yeah, that – I mean that's that's changed a lot. I mean – I recall correctly, like CM Punk was the first real name independent guy yeah. that they brought in. And then that opened the door for, uh, you know, Daniel Bryan coming in and then Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. And now it's like anyone that's even close to being a name independent wrestler is, is you know, WWE's really interested in signing these guys. I mean, it's it really ha it really has changed over the years. The, the you're right. The perception of independent wrestlers in WWE. What a time. Uh, well, uh, with that, Jesse, what do you uh, what do you have in the works here for uh, the, the piece tomorrow on Friday? I'm going to look at the Royal Rumble um, and just see who who would be the best fit to to uh, wrestle Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, which is not necessarily going to be the winner of the Royal Rumble because the SmackDown guy could win it. But just looking at some of the names and who would actually make for the most compelling and most interesting match and kind of breaking it down that way. And then next week, obviously we could talk about who actually won <laughs> yeah. and how they fit into that narrative. Oh, I like this idea a lot. Jesse, where do you want to send people to find you on Twitter? Yep. You can find me on Twitter at Jesse Collings. That's J E S S E C O L L I N G S. Thank you to all that great talent for coming on. Um, and Justin, here we are at the end. Now I like to do previews. We're not going to do the, the pay-per-view preview and prediction for takeover because it would take too long but we're going to talk here about the rumble uh real quick and we can talk more about these as we go up the ladder uh we'll start with the two kickoff show matches buddy murphy tozawa atami and kalisto for the cruiserweight title who's your pick i'll say buddy 
buddy. I'm going to go with Kalisto. I think Lucha House Party needs some gold, right? I could buy that. Okay, good. Discussion ended. Um, <laughs> <laughs> next, we have, next. next, we have the United States champion, Rusev, defending against Shinsuke Nakamura. Who goes over? Who wins? I mean, because it's on a kickoff show, I'd hope that I, I hope Rusev. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really hope Rusev. Me too. I agree. Agreed. Discussion <laughs> ended. Uh, <laughs> I, could, I, I could buy that. Okay, good. Yes, wonderful. Uh, next match. <laughs> SmackDown Tag Team Championships on the line as the bar faces off against Shane McMahon and The Miz. Ooh, what, what happens here? Who goes over? I got to think Shane and Miz, right? Like that, it would just be odd if they didn't win, right? I, I mean, so I'm going to go Shane and Miz, but like we've discussed at length, I have no idea what this is. And that's a good thing, I guess. I have no idea what they're trying to get out of this. I kind of think the bar is going to retain and Shane and Miz will be in the rumble later and we'll see a moment from them. And this will begin some kind of disillusion that that's where my brain's at. So, okay. All right. Discussion ended. Next match. Next. <laughs> Ronda Rousey defending the WWE raw women's title against Sasha Banks. Ronda Rousey all day long. I agree. What's up with the Sasha four horsewomen tease though. It doesn't sound like we'll get to it. If all the reports are true. Right. I don't know. I will say I did. I uh, you know e- even though there was the the drop in the viewership on Raw <clears throat> from first to third, uh, I did I did like the I did like the fact they tried to like they actually had some heat and tried to build some animosity between between the two at least to give this match a little bit of fire. I had completely forgotten this. I heard that Ronda that Sasha was Ronda's uh, opponent until I reread it. And I was like, oh, that's right. This has happened. <laughs> so yes, I also picked Ronda. Um, uh, discussion ended. Next match. All right, Daniel Bryan. Uh, defending the WWE Championship against AJ Styles, who you got? Daniel Bryan. I think he's he's just too hot. It, 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 I don't see them put pull the title back off him. I think he's just, uh, you know, AJ's had a great run. I don't see AJ needing the title right now. While yes, you can make the argument of you know AJ's contract is supposedly coming up here in a few months, but I think uh, Daniel Bryan he's he's just on fire right now. Yeah, I agree. Daniel Bryan as well. Discussion ended. All right, next. next match. Asuka defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Becky Lynch, the last kicker. Asuka. Asuka? You're going Asuka because what? You think Becky will wind up in the Rumble? I, I have I have a theory that, that we will uh, see Becky. Uh, Asuka's going to win somehow, or she's going to hold on to the title somehow. I'll put it that way. Uh, okay. I, as, as I outlined, I have a feeling that we could see Becky Lynch in a Rumble, but I won't say which Rumble. Oh! The, maybe the man's rumble is what you're saying. All right. Interesting. Um, then we have uh, Brock Lesnar defending the universal championship against Finn Balor. Um, does Finn have a shot here? Or is it Brock all the way? Uh, you know, Finn has a shot just because, you know, with what we know UFC and Brock is, is there's going to be stuff this year. And, you know, Brock really only got the title back by default from WWE when, when Roman Reigns got you know, left for illness and vacated the title. So Finn certainly has a shot. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm not expecting him to win. I, again, if I'm making my Russell Rumble prediction, I'm predicting Brock Lesnar. I, I agree. So I agree. Brock Lesnar as well. I, uh, I, Finn looked a lot better on Raw than I expected, especially the way he uh, kept Brock and Braun at bay for like the first 20 minutes of Raw. I thought that was very good booking of Finn Balor. You know? Yeah. I mean, they, you know, uh, Finn got Brock to do more bumping on a Monday Night Raw than we've seen in 15 years from Brock. So that's pretty. Yeah. It was amazing. It was like the, it was two cats and a mouse is what we saw to start Raw this past week. Um, Let's get to the Women's Rumble. Who's your pick here to to come out on top? Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte. I I, I have to believe Charlotte as well. I I have to believe. And I'm actually going to go back and say I think Becky beats Asuka. 
I know you're going to say Oscar beat Becky. I'll, I'll, I'll disagree with you on that one because I think, I don't think they're going to think too, I don't know how complicated they're going to make this. I think Becky is champion. Charlotte wins the rumble. Ronda's got the title. There's a way to blend those three without having to get too, too creative and maybe even protect Oscar and build another woman as the rumble champion as the rumble winner along the way, spread it around a little bit. These three don't have to do everything, you know? Um, and lastly here, the men's rumble, who you pick? Becky Lynch. Yeah, I knew that's what you were teasing earlier. That's insanity. You think Becky Lynch is going to win the Rumble, the men's Rumble? <sighs> think about this. If we, We're all expecting something to happen with R-Truth. I don't think any of us is expecting R-Truth to actually make it to the ring and be in the Rumble. So uh, Becky, Lynch is, Becky Lynch ends up taking his spot. She enters. you gotta be, you got to be creative with, with who she eliminates and how she wins it. But she wins one Rumble. Charlotte wins the other one. Now they both want Ronda Rousey. There's a triple threat. And if this is going to be the first time that the women are ever going to main event or WrestleMania, what have it happen because of a bold booking, unprecedented historic statement and moment uh, at the Royal Rumble where both Charlotte and Ronda win Rumbles. I mean, the man, the man, if there's the wins, I mean, this would go right in line with the women empowerment of what they're doing, that, that, that two women are the ones who walk out of the two Rumble winners. I, I want. I, I they, mean, they've had they've had women in the rumble before, so that's not a stretch. The only stretch, or not even a stretch, but the only obstacle is you just got to figure out. Okay, it's probably so you got to figure out if it comes down to Becky, and then you and then pick two others. It's almost like the two others are scrapped with each other, and she just dumps both of them. You know, you, you have to figure out a good creative way to make sure that that the elimination happens. It's believable, and everybody's protected. I want to live in your WWE universe, Justin. I, you know what? I want to believe. I want to believe. I like that idea. I don't know. I think that Braun's going to win. I think that the way they set up Braun and Brock on Monday, Braun's cleared. Everybody was talking about Seth. Mm. I, Seth didn't come across to me like the Rumble winner on Raw. Braun Strowman came across like the Rumble winner to me on Raw. The next logical big step for Brock Lesnar following Finn Balor, you know? Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, I know what I'm suggesting is at least right now would seem like a long shot, but I, you know, I mean, I mean, if, 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 if the Becky theory is not a, if, if, if it doesn't, if, you know, if she doesn't enter in the men's rumble, then, I mean, I think you're looking at Braun, Seth and Drew are, are your, are your three most probable high probability picks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, unless they really went off left field, you know, and triple H said to us on the call, you, you, you'll, you'll know it when you see it with Lars, unless they go out of nowhere and they have somebody brand new, you know, like an EC3 or Lars Sullivan, somebody, make a statement that way. Um, but I, I think in terms of high probability, if you're talking about a man winning the men's rumble, uh, Braun, Seth and Drew are your top three, but I'm, 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 I'm riding, I'm riding the Becky pick. I'm riding until it doesn't happen. I want to live in your, I like, I like when you get, I like when people get creative and think outside the box, right? Like I'm being too literal because I'm like, Oh, Braun Strowman makes sense. Doesn't need to make sense. Sometimes it can, can just be fun. So I, I like it. I hope you're right, but I still pick Braun, not Becky. Yeah. That's crazy. All right, uh, let's uh, wrap up the show here. Discussion over. Done. Next. Uh, we have talked. Uh, we have uh, Yesterday, we started our fun.com Twitter contests. Uh, so the first contest is going to wrap here in about 20 minutes. We're going to randomly pick the winner. We asked you guys to follow us, retweet this post, and tell us who you thought won, is going to win the Men's Rumble. It doesn't matter if your pick is right or not. We just wanted you to, to chime into the conversation. So one of you guys that are our ladies that submitted uh, yesterday and played our contest is going to win a $100 gift code to fun.com. Go buy whatever you want. $100, free money, fun.com. Now we're going to do it again here. As soon as I pick the winner for the last one, I'll put the new contest up. It's the same rules, only this time we want you to pick who's going to win the Women's Rumble. 
So that's it. Play the contest tomorrow, noon central. I will once again pick a contest winner. You get $100 free and clear. Go spend it on fun.com stuff. Get some socks, whatever you want. Wacky hats. Um, also, remember, of course, Sunday, if you're in Chicago, 420 West Diversity, Duffy's Tavern and Grill. Come drink with me. Watch the Rumble. We'll be playing some games. Tune into the Two-Faced podcast tomorrow. They got a big announcement for something fun they're doing in the Houston area. I'm stoked on this. I'm so happy they put this together. So you're going to love it. Check that tomorrow. Also, right after TakeOver and the Royal Rumble this weekend, we will have live post shows here on the Wrestling Inc. YouTube channel with Matt, Glenn, and Raj. Uh, lots to time in and talk about. It's going to be a very busy weekend. Justin, uh, what do you want to plug, promote, put over here to wrap up the show? Uh, my weekly podcast, Wrestling Reality, presented by Ticket King, where you can save 15% on tickets if you use the code LABARFAN. Uh, but check that podcast out. I talk more about my theory here with, uh, with Becky and the Royal Rumble. I also have uh, a great line. I have Dr. Britt Baker. We talk about her. I ask her about like her, her AEW contract and kind of get into stuff up there with her. Um, and I have a whole bunch of fun guests that come on and kind of rapid fire and give their Rumble picks. Ticket Drew. Uh, my friend from Ticket King, Ticket Drew, uh, Issa the Demon Diva, Kay Fabulous, Juice Springsteen, Josh Eisenberg, my friend Rob Rossi, who writes for The Athletic in Pittsburgh, but is a, a hardcore wrestling fan. So uh, just a ton of fun for a 50-minute podcast, Wrestling Reality. Uh, get it wherever you can get any podcast. Get it where you can get it. What a great <laughs> tagline that is. I love it. Man, it's like a Jeff Foxworthy joke right there. Get it, get it where you can get it, right? Get it where you can get it. Things that Rednecks might say. My, my uncle had the mailbox and it's spelled m-a-l-e i just i love that our our week has bookended with jeff foxworthy comments that makes me very happy thank you all very much for tuning in i am at wink rebel over on twitter he's at justin labar i'll be back tuesday noon eastern right here and remember if you go to work without a shirt and so does your wife (laughs) if you own more cars that don't run than do you might be a redneck. <laughs> if the most common phrase heard in your house is somebody go jiggle the handle. <laughs> I'm out. I need to go release I need to re-listen to Foxford this weekend. Thank you all for tuning in. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.